Well, I know a lot of our people have been going through different types of illness and sickness and just been a pretty difficult uh, fall, I guess supposed to be winter, but I trust we'll soon be through it all. I, I'll be honest with you, I had about four weeks and I took some medicine and evidently I'd been sick a long time and didn't know it. I feel so much better, I feel like I could run a hundred yard dash. You say, Brother Fred, don't try that, don't try it. But I am really feeling good, man. It seems like God's given me strength and Man, uh, I'm, I'm excited about feeling good. I guess that's all right, isn't it? <laughs> that's not selfish. <laughs> but you know, um, God's got a lot of things God wants to do in our lives now. God's not finished with anybody in this room. Oh, no. God's best is still right now for you. I, I mean, his greatest blessings are now for you. And uh, so you remember that. No day is to be wasted. Every day is to be redeemed. Redeem the time. Make the most of it. You know, um, oftentimes when God gives me a message, as I'm preparing it, somebody will come to my mind. I say, boy, now I sure hope they're there Sunday when I preach this. No, no, really. I said, I know how much they need it. This is right what you say. Is it you sometimes? Yeah. But anyway, I said, this is exactly what they need to hear. Well, sometimes they're here and sometimes they're not. And, and be honest, I look for them and I just get disappointed because they had an opportunity to hear a word from God that would help them on life's journey. Well, today I'm convinced that everybody need to hear this message. Now, they always need to hear the gospel. But as I pastored all over for, for many, many years, and as I've walked with people through every circumstance of life that hardly a person could walk through, I, I, I feel there are just certain truths that if we get a hold of them, then we're ready for whatever comes into our life. So th this is not a message that I would just single out and say, well, so-and-so or so-and-so needs to hear it. No, no, no. Every one of you and me need to hear this message because you need it. And you're going to really need it in 2017. I want to speak to you this morning about turning trials into a testimony. How do you turn a trial into a testimony? I don't have to persuade you or try to convince you that every one of us in, in 2017 will face adversity. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. You will go through trials this year. You will have adversity in your life this year. Well, you say, well, Brother Fred, you're never supposed to say anything negative. Where'd you get that? If it's the truth, you need to say it. Now, if you go through this entire year and you don't have any trial or any adversity, you tell me at the end of the year and I'll say, well, I made a mistake. 
But I know I ain't going to have to do that. It's not what type of trial or what type of adversity. It will happen. Some of you right in the middle of it right now. And others of you will face it as the year goes along. Well, there's a tremendous passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 24. I'm going to read those 10 verses in a moment. And I want to tell you something. You really hardly don't even need to say anything about them. They're so clear. They're so self-evidently directing and encouraging you about how to handle life and how to handle life adversities that uh, uh, you, you'll just recognize it. So it's 1 Thessalonians 15, verses 14 through 24, and it's going to be on the screen. All right, I'm going to begin reading in the 14th verse, and you follow with me there. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Okay. Comfort the faint-hearted. You know what? That's a good word. Uphold the weak. Well, that's a good word. Be patient with all. That's a hard word. Right? If you pray for patience, God will give it to you. Now, then look on what it says. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Don't get even. It's not about revenge. It's not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He said, I said, do not render evil for evil to anyone, but always, you know what that word means, always, but always pursue what is good for you, for yourselves, and for all. Verse 16, rejoice always. That's a good word. Pray without ceasing. Boy, that's a real good word. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Boy, that's a good word. Do not quench the Spirit. What the Holy Spirit's trying to do in your life, what the Holy Spirit's working in your life, don't, don't put the fire out. Let the Holy Spirit have freedom. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. When somebody speaks a word from God, don't despise it if it's from, from God. Listen to it. Now look at this. Test all things. Don't go around being naive. If you're not sure about something, you better test it. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. A very interesting verse 22. Abstain from every form of evil. Doesn't name all the evil, but he just said, don't have anything to do with it. And then he goes on and says, this is what God wants to do in our lives. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and will always do it. Now, those 10 verses apply to every one of our lives 
And we need to live them out every day. But I'm going to take four verses. And I'm going to show you from the scripture how this year, 2017, you can turn trials into a testimony. Instead of being overcome in the trial and getting defeated and discouraged and knocked off your feet. Even if you get knocked off your feet, you get up in the midst of the trial. And what you do is that trial, the way you handle it, becomes a testimony of the faithfulness of God and of the power of Jesus. People want a testimony, but they don't want a test. Well, how are you going to have a testimony if you don't have a test? And how are you going to have a testimony if you don't have a trial? Now, here's the first one, and it's found in, in verse 15, and it'll be on the screen. Do not render evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue both what is good for yourself and for all. So here's the, the way I want to describe that. No unforgiveness and bitterness, but forgiveness and blessing. He said, now don't render evil for evil to anyone. Okay. So, I'm going to say no to bitterness. I'm going to say no to unforgiveness. And then you say yes to forgiveness and to blessing. Uh, you know, sometimes when we get into a, a situation with an individual or something, you know, uh, we're not careful to respond God's way, which is, don't, don't, don't respond evil with evil. Don't do that. Pursue good. Have you ever done this? Have you ever got in a disagreement with someone? And they'll say something that you don't like. And you get kind of mad. You say something back to them that's a little bit worse. And then they say something back to you that's a little bit worse. And boy, you just, you know, I, I'm going to get the last hurt in. Have you ever been in one of those before? You ever gotten in a discussion with your wife? Notice I said a discussion. That she'll say something that says something. And you come back with something, you know, I, 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 you, I, I'm, and then you just keep going. And finally, it just gets out of control. You know, uh, that's exactly what he's talking about. You say, well. If you lie about me, I'll lie about you. You criticize me, I'll criticize you. You hurt me, I'll hurt you. You know, I, you know th that's what he's saying. Listen, don't respond to the things in your life that are evil by returning evil for evil. Don't do that. No. Let's, what, let's do, look what they did to Jesus. I mean, they constantly were doing evil to him. But he never returned evil for evil. He, he walked in forgiveness. And he didn't have any bitterness in his heart. You know, I guarantee you when you go through the tri trials in your life and adversity, many times people are involved. Somebody said life wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for people. Well, give me a break about that. But most of our conflict or a lot of our trials involve people. We, we don't live on an island and we're not isolated, okay? So it's how you respond to people. And, 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 and the truth is 
that um, we don't respond evil for evil. What we do is this, is that we walk in, in forgiveness and we don't let any bitterness come into our lives. Boy, this verse came on my heart heavy. And so I, I'm saying to you, in the trials and adversity you face this year, don't you get bitter. And don't you let bitterness take hold of your heart, no matter what you go through. And, and so here's a great verse. And, and, and the Lord said, you read this because it is so important. Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people. Now, that, do you know what that means? That you're supposed to try to live at peace with all people. You say, well, Brother Fred, there are some people I can't live at peace with. Well, but you still pursue it. It didn't say you could live at peace with all people, but you pursue it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they're the children of God. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. And then he said, now, he, this is a looking carefully. Be very careful, lest any of you fall short of the grace of God. And lest any root of bitterness springing up causes you, any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by this, many people become defiled. Did you know that bitterness is contagious? And he says here, don't let there be any root of bitterness and thereby many people are affected. Let me say they are infected. Now, you get around a bitter person, and if you're not careful, their bitterness will rub off on you. And that's exactly what he's warning to us, warning us here. He said, don't, don't, don't give any place to that because it'll defile you, and it will defile many people. And so all I'm saying to you in 2017, as you go through a trial and as you have adversity, don't respond with bitterness. Don't you give it one millionth of a second in your life. You deal with it quickly and abruptly and ask the Lord to take it out of your heart. Because it will not only defile and infect you, it will defile and affect other people. Look what this verse says in, in Ephesians 4.31. Great verse. Let all bitterness... Wrath, anger, and loud speaking, that's clamor, and evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice, all intent to hurt. Malice is when you want to hurt somebody. You intend to hurt them. So let all bitterness and all this be put away from you. Anger, clamor, be put away with you with all malice. Now look how we, this is how you respond in a trial. You say no to bitterness and unforgiveness, and you say yes to forgiveness and blessing. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I had lunch with somebody this week, and uh, I say lunch, I ate a half a sandwich at Subway. But anyway, he was telling me how Three people wouldn't even speak to him. Just wouldn't even acknowledge his presence. 
there had been some hurt. And there had been some wrong. I understand that. But you know, that's not the way to respond to people. But I could tell he was wounded. And so we don't respond by returning evil for evil. We don't respond by being bitter and unforgiving. We respond by being forgiving and blessing. And that's the way you turn a trial into a testimony. By walking in forgiveness and blessing. All right, now here's the next thing. There's, here's the next verse. Now we're talking about how you're going to take the trials you go through this year and turn them into a testimony of God's sufficiency of the power of Jesus and how he's sufficient for whatever you go through. And, and the next one is found in verse 16. It's not unbelief, but faith. Look at what verse 16 says. Rejoice always. Well, now you, you can't rejoice if you're full of unbelief. Underneath all rejoicing is the confident assurance that God is in control. And that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Now, I am in the midst of this adversity and trial, but I know one thing. I'm not going through the valley of the shadow of death alone. He is with me. And so what I'm going to do is in this situation, instead of being full of unbelief, I'm going to rejoice. And rejoicing is nothing but faith. Now, the, the thing that always bothers about us, us about this verse is it says always. <laughs> well, I can rejoice when uh, everything's going well. You know, everything's just fine, you know. Man, I'm going downhill and the wind's at my back. I said, boy, life couldn't be better. It just couldn't be better. Man, praise the Lord. But, but what about when the, you're going uphill and the wind's in your face? And everything that can go wrong does go wrong. And you say, what in the world is going on? It's like some strange trial has happened to me. So what are you going to do? Are, are you going to be full of unbelief? Well, I, I don't guess God meant all those promises he gave me and all those words he's spoken. What are you going to do? You know, now I want to say this. There's some things that you don't have to rejoice in. Now you say, well, okay, now you, you're going to give yourself an out because it says rejoice always. I'm not through yet. Okay? So somebody comes up to me. Well, th this person has illness. They misdiagnose it. Then they find out that he has a fast-growing brain tumor. Okay, so they say... Uh, we got to operate and all that kind of stuff, and you got um, six to nine months to live. Now, now you, do you think I'm supposed to say, well, hallelujah, he has a brain tumor and has got six months to live? Well, you get a phone call from the deputy sheriff and say, we just arrested your son or daughter because they, had, well, they were, were, were using drugs. And you can have to come down to the jail and get them out. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't have to rejoice 
in evil. The reason I know that is because Jesus hated evil. And so if you're going to rejoice always, but you're not going to rejoice in tragedy or evil or hurt, how are you going to rejoice always? Well, I'm glad you asked me. Philippians 4, 4. And this work, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. It's about not unbelief, but it's about faith. What does this verse say? Rejoice in the, somebody say the word. Oh. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say rejoice. So I get bad news about somebody that I love and a disease. I say, Lord, I hate that disease. I'm not rejoicing in that. But, Lord, I am rejoicing in you, that you're Jehovah Rophe, the God that heals. And whatever we go through, you're going to guide us through and you're going to answer prayer. So, Lord, I'm telling you what I'm going to do in this is I'm not going to be full of unbelief and and self-pity. Well, God, why did you let that happen to one of my family members? No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk in faith and I'm going to say, Praise God. This is just an opportunity for God to show his power and his greatness and his majesty and his glory. And here's just an opportunity for me to glorify God in the midst of a storm. See, it's not if we have adversity or trials. It's the way we respond to it. So we just rejoice in the Lord. Always. Not when everything's just going well. Because if you're not rejoicing, you're living in unbelief. You're saying God's not sufficient. And so I'm telling you what will help you in the midst of the trial, if you will make it a point to read, to read, to read the Psalms. Just read the Psalms and see how David was in one trial after another, and then he was rejoicing, rejoicing. He kept saying, bless the Lord. The Lord did this. The Lord. And, and he, he just, the Psalms are just absolutely full of, of testimonies of people rejoicing of God's faithfulness in adversity. Read them. It, it'll bless your heart. You know, and, and I'll tell you another thing you do. That's the time that you really start singing those praise choruses, you know, that God is good all the time, you know. But you know what? We, we got a problem. We got a short memory. We, we, we just like the Israelites. God brought them out of Egypt. Now, do you think that it was pretty spectacular when God caused the winds to, to part the Red Sea and three million Israelites walked across on dry ground and then Pharaoh and his army came in and God covered them up? Do you think that was a significant miracle? Oh, yeah, it, it beats you getting an ingrown toenail healed. I mean, I'm telling you, that was big. It was big. It took them about two weeks to forget it. And they got out there and they didn't have any water. And they started murmuring to Moses and said, well, did you just bring us out here in the desert to die? We, we had something to drink back in Egypt. I said, I wanted to say, you idiots. Do you not remember what God just did? Have you so quickly forgotten the power of God? But you know what? You and I go along and we know the promises of God and we confess the promises of God and we sing the praise choruses of hope and faith and then we get in the trial and it seems like we just forget. We got a short memory. Oh no. Uh-uh. You can't do that. You just got to remember. Wait a minute. 
I'm going to respond to this adversity with forgiveness, no bitterness, and blessing. And you know what I'm going to do in this trial? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to read the Psalms out loud. I'm going to sing the praise courses that our God, how great is our God. And I'm going to rejoice in him. And, and let me tell you something. You'll be surprised how when you're rejoicing in the Lord, how smaller the trial becomes and how bigger God becomes. Because your eye's not on the trial, it's on the Lord. Well, here's the third thing. I mean, it's just right here in the Word of God. And I guarantee you, if you do this, you'll turn your trial into testimony. But you, I'm just like you. I get in the midst of the fire, and sometimes I just forget. I don't remember. Look at the next verse. So you're in a trial. Uh, you're in a trial. Hey, by the way, there are a couple of verses about rejoicing I want to give you. Let's go back to Psalm 33.1. Boy, this is a good one. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Isn't that a good word? Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Now, wait a minute. You know what caught me about that verse? It's beautiful. It's beautiful when you rejoice in the Lord. It's beautiful to God. All right, the next verse in Psalm 97, verse 12. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. So, we're not going to respond with unbelief. We're going to respond with faith. But then the next one is, we're not going to worry. We're going to pray. Look at verse 5, verse 17. So he said, don't render evil for evil to anyone. Pursue what is good for yourself and your others. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord. I know you're in a trial, but you know what to do. And then he goes on and says, just pray without ceasing. Just pray without ceasing. And he says, don't worry, pray. You know, um, it takes no energy to worry. Now, it takes a lot of energy to worry, but you don't have to work at worrying. Uh, I think, it's in, I think we have, we've been inbred to worry, whatever that means. I find it so easy to worry. And, um, you know, worry is, Jesus had a little bit to say about that. He said, man, what are you worried about? In fact, let's look at what he said in Matthew 5. Now, what happens when you get in the trial and in the adversity, regardless of what it is, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself thinking about it, and, and you're not thinking positively, well, how could this go wrong, and how could that go wrong, and how in the world is God going to work this out? I, I don't understand it. Well, so you, you find yourself getting into a mindset. It says, now look what Jesus said. Therefore, I do not worry. What part of that do I under, don't understand? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? Now, most of us aren't, aren't troubled with what we're going to eat. We've got plenty of food. Some of us got too much. And what, what, should, what we shall eat or what we shall drink. But I know a lot of you women that worry about what you're going to wear. I just know that for a fact. Every time we get ready to go somewhere, my wife says, I had not got anything to wear. Well, the closet's full of clothes. Give me a break. <laughs> she
She says, all the clothes are winter clothes. I said, glory to God, you can wear them now. <laughs> but Jesus said, don't worry. Those are simple things. For all these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. What are you worrying about those things for? And then he goes on and says, tell you what you do. Instead of worrying, seek first the kingdom of God. You seek God's kingdom. You seek God's rule. You seek God's answer. You seek God's will. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. I mean, it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Boy, we'd be saved a lot of heartache. Man, if we just heed those. Don't worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for today. Tomorrow will take, it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow uh, will t t take care of its own things. Sufficient for today is the evil, uh, is the trouble that you face. Hey, Jesus just told us not to worry. Worry is really unbelief. It really is. Bible makes it clear that we're to pray. And in it, we're to pray when everything's going well. We really are. And, and then, then we're to pray when everything's going bad. In fact, he says, pray without ceasing. And this is exactly what that verse means. You've heard me say it over and over again. Praying without ceasing is not that you're always uttering a prayer. Praying without ceasing is that whatever is on your plate, you pray about it. So, for example, you, your ch child is in school and your child brings home a report card that uh, is all A's. And you say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is so good. Lord, continue to bless them. But the other child brings home a, a report card that is all D's. So, oh, my goodness, my goodness. He's never going to amount to anything. He's making all D's. What am I going to do? He won't be able to get a job. I mean, he's going to have to live with me the rest of his life. <laughs> no, no, you know, you know what you do? You don't do that. You start praying for him. You start praying that, that he'll have a desire to study. And you pray that God will show you somehow how to help him. See, you, you worry about it. It doesn't change anything. But you pray about it, and God gives you the wisdom as to how to help the person and how to resolve the situation. Listen. Worry is a dead-end street, and prayer is, uh, opens every door that, that, uh, so that the power of God can walk through it. You don't worry about things. You pray about things. You say, but Brother Fred, it's so hard. I didn't say it was easy. But I'll tell you what. I want you to write this on a piece of paper and put it somewhere where you look at it every now and then. The word worry comes from the Latin word wortham, which means to grab by the throat and choke the life out of. Has worry ever had you by the throat and choked the life out of you? You said not since yesterday. Did you know worry? Somebody said, well, I'm going to worry myself to death. You know, you could. You could, really. Isn't it amazing? God said, listen, when everything's well, pray. When the bottom's fallen out and the roof's fell in, Pray. You respond not to your situation in life by worrying about it. You just pray, and then you pray, and then you pray, 
And then you ask God to show you how to pray. And then you expect God to answer. And you start living with the confidence that God has heard your prayer. And while the trial is still going on, that God is at work in the midst of it. And that God will bring you through. And instead of just a trial, you'll have a testimony of how God answered your prayer. And God brought you through this situation. Now, you're not going to pray if you're not rejoicing. Uh Uh-uh. You ain't going to pray unless you're rejoicing. And you're not going to pray if you're full of bitterness and unforgiveness and self-pity. You're not going to do that. But if you're full of forgiveness and blessing and you're rejoicing in the Lord and you pray, the windows of heaven are open and God answers. And you say, but Brother Fred, I've been praying about this for quite a while. I know how that is, but you know God will answer in his time. And he's never early, but he's never late. You say, well, he seems like he's late to me. Well, you're not God. He's not through with what he's doing in this situation. So how do you turn a trial into a testimony? You walk in forgiveness and blessing. You rejoice in the Lord and you're full of praise and thanksgiving to God. You rejoice in the Lord. And every time you find yourself wanting to worry, you say no. Let let me give you a great verse. All the verses in the Bible are great, but boy, this talks right where we live. This this is right where you live and I live. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6. What is he saying? Don't you worry about anything, Fred. Don't worry about anything. But Lord, you don't understand. There's a lot going on. He said, well, just pray. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything. Now, somebody tell me what everything means. I'm having trouble with that word. What does it mean? It means everything. You mean everything? It means everything. Okay. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, just absolutely pouring your heart out to God. Absolutely pouring your heart. In prayer and supplication. Now, this this is where it gets tough. With thanksgiving. So, so you're, you're, you're concerned about this thing and you're praying and you're pouring your heart out to God and you find yourself thanking God for the answer when it hasn't even come and doesn't seem to be on the horizon. It's easy to, to, to thank God when uh, you've got the answer in your hand. But boy, where, where faith is really active is when you don't see any evidence of anything changing, but you're praying about it and you're crying out to God and you're thanking God that he's going to do it. You know, not long ago, I was in a prayer meeting and some people were challenged by something that they needed for God to do and it was a legitimate desire. And so we were just praying and praying and then then I said, well, we, we just need to say, we need to thank God that it's done. We need to thank God that it's going to happen. Next time we get together, you're going to tell us that God did it. See, you know, you, know, you say, well, that's, uh, that, that's positive thinking. No, it isn't. It's believing God. So he said, don't worry, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. He said, tell God what's on your heart. Tell God what's going on. Let your requests be made known to God. And, and look at it. What happens when you pray and you thank God? It says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding 
It doesn't. You know, this is where you get your testimony. Here you are going through a trial. People around you know you going through a trial. But you, you, you got peace. You just got peace. The trial hadn't gone away. It's still there. But you got peace. Well, why aren't you falling apart? You're supposed to fall apart. Why aren't you full of self-pity? You ought to feel sorry for yourself. No, I, I don't have to do that. I got, you know, I prayed and I'm, I'm thanking God and, and, and his peace. The peace of God will guard your heart. And the peace of God will guard your mind. Man, don't worry, pray. And let God's peace guard your heart. That's the word of God, y'all. That's exactly what God does. His peace guards your heart and your mind. Okay. So, we're, going to, we're not going to worry. We're going to pray. We're confident. And I'll tell you, it'll be a testimony. Because when p- things go wrong with people that are lost... They either try to escape it through alcohol or drugs or, or pleasure or they get bitter or they just get un- under stress and crumble. God's children don't crumble. God's children grow stronger. The wind beating on the life makes the life stronger because it's looking to the Lord. And here's the last thing. So no bitterness and unforgiveness, walking in forgiveness and blessing. No unbelief, but rejoicing in the Lord, regardless of the circumstances. And no worry, but praying and believing God about everything. You don't worry about anything. When you feel it coming on your mind to worry, you just start praying. And here's the uh, last thing, and that is not discouragement, but thankfulness. Now look at verse 18. Man, isn't it amazing? He said in verse 18, uh, 15, I believe, do not render evil for evil for anyone. Then in the next verse, he said, rejoice always. Then in the next verse, he said, pray without ceasing. He's just telling us how to deal with trials. And then we come up to this one. It says in, in verse, um, it's verse 18, it says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks in everything, there's that word everything again. Everywhere I go, that's the words there. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I tell you, Brother Fred, I'll thank God when the answer comes. It ain't going to come. You need to thank God before the answer comes. In everything, give thanks. You know, if you're rejoicing in the Lord... And whatever comes into your life, you thank God for it. It says in everything, not for everything. In everything, in everything, give thanks. Let me ask you, do you thank God for the little things in your life? Just a little thing. And, and, and all of a sudden, it's just an unexpected blessing. But you, you, you don't see. Well, the little, little, that's what something God did for me. That's God. God did that. And you just thank God for it. It doesn't have to be some miraculous healing or some some overwhelming uh, thing that God's done. But have you ever noticed how God blesses you in the little things of life? But you just don't take time to say, well, Lord, look what you did. Man, you 
you're constantly blessing me, Lord. And, and, and look at all this. And not just material things, but spiritual things. God puts somebody in your life and comes up to you and encourages you. The devil didn't send them. God sent them. Do you ever thank God for the people that he's sending in your life to encourage you? You're going through a, a trial and, and somebody comes alongside of you and says, well, I understand because I've been there before. I've been there before. And, and I want to just say to you, and you share how God helped you go through that. And so that's just a blessing from God. Don't, don't just look for the big things to thank God for. Look for the little things that seem to be a coincidence but aren't. Because every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. But it's hard to defeat somebody that's thankful. A person going through a trial and they're just thanking God, they're thanking God in every situation and they thank God for his presence. And, 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 I'm, and I'm telling you, a thankful heart just absolutely is the key to, the bless, to blessing God. You know, you know it, it just thrills the heart of God uh, when we thank him. All right, let me give you a couple of verses. Hebrews 13, 15. Now, I want you to listen to this. Therefore, by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You want to offer a sacrifice to God? You can't offer one for your sins. It's already been offered. Your, your good works don't earn you any. They're just your service to the Lord after you say. But there's no good work that you do that's a sacrifice. But I tell you what. It says let us offer the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to God. Let me ask you a question. Maybe you've done something for a person. It may seem to be big. It may seem to be little. But that person will come up to you and say, man, I want to thank you. And you say, oh, that was no big deal. No, I just want you to know. I'm so thankful. Thank you for doing that. Well, how do you think God feels? You say, well, God doesn't need anything, Brother Fred. I know he doesn't. But I guarantee you, when he sees his children just blessing him and thanking him and praising him, it has to please the heart of God. It just has to please the heart of God. Offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of your lips, giving thanks unto the Lord. I love Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Y'all could say this with me. Just, just listen to what it says. David's just thanking the Lord. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Oh, just bless the Lord, O my soul. Thank you, Lord. And don't forget all his benefits. You forgave all my iniquities. You healed my diseases. You redeemed my life from destruction. You crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. You satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like an eagle. He said, just bless the Lord. Thank the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, thank his holy name. Man, you'll get through a trial when you have a thankful heart. 
I love um, Psalm 34, 1. Look at this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're so good. Do you ever just stop and say, God, I want to thank you for your mercy. I want to thank you for your grace. I want to thank you for your forgiveness. I want to thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, for all the times that you picked me up and carried me when I was too weak to walk. I want to thank you, Lord, for all the dangers that you brought me through when I was foolish and was not uh, in tune with you. Man, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, you need to thank the Lord. There's another great verse, Psalm 113, verse 3. It's a great verse. Is that, is that from the rising of the sun to the going down the same? The Lord's name is to be praised. What's Psalm 34, 1? What is it? Oh, okay, this is what it is. I got that mixed up. Lord, thank you that I got it mixed up. Anyway, here we go. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, no, I will bless the Lord sometimes when everything's going well. Oh, no. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my what? How do you turn a trial into a testimony? By walking in forgiveness and blessing. By rejoicing in the Lord always. By saying no to worry and praying without ceasing. And in everything, just have a thankful for the sufficiency, for the grace, and the power of God. And then, the, then there's a verse that says, don't quench the Spirit. Because when you do those things, you're not quenching the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, no, verse uh, 19 says, don't quench the Spirit. You don't quench the Spirit when you're thankful, rejoicing, praying, forgiving. Oh, no.